What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. My name is Carl, and I'm excited to be rocking with you guys for yet another episode. I am so very excited to be joined today by a very influential woman from a place that I love and I call home, Taiwan. Um, I have so many things to dive in about regarding today's guest, but without further ado, I'll allow her to introduce herself, a little bit about her background, and just some of the amazing things that she's doing out here in the world today. Anya, thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Hello, hi everyone. My name is Anya Chen. I'm founder and CEO of Taylor, uh, a menswear rental subscription company here in the Silicon Valley. Uh, before starting the company, I'm originally from Taiwan and live in Chicago for seven, eight years. I didn't know why I was there for so long, for so cold. But <laughs> after moving to California, I think I will never move back, but I love Chicago. Um, before I started Taylor, I have 15 years experience, mostly in big tech company. I help Facebook to build Facebook shopping, uh, help Target to build the Silicon Valley office. So if you are shopping on Target or your wife, stay in Target store so that you have have to stay in the parking lot. Sorry, that was my bad. Uh, and I'm also helping, eBay, I also help eBay to launch the emerging market, Latin America, Africa, and Asia. So I've traveled around the world to a lot of places, Nigeria, Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda. So a lot of fun journey uh, before starting Taylor. So nice meeting everyone. That is quite an introduction, as you guys heard. There's so many elements I want to touch on, right? And I told you guys, that when I said that, I really meant it. I'm from Chicago. She lived in Chicago. I'm, I went to Kenya. She went to Kenya. There's, but all the amazing things she's accomplished just in her field, right? And outside of her field of study as well. So I just want to take a few steps back. So Anya, what, how would you describe your origin story? And you can even take us back to Taiwan, like in what you studied and how you chose your choice of field that kind of led you to the opportunities that you just briefly described and also how you wound up opening Taylor as well. Yeah, I think some, when I was a kid, I was always the trouble kid, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, in Asia, the trouble, the, the trouble definition is different. Mm -hmm. So in Asia, I was always a student who would raise my hands like, professor, I have a question. Teacher, I have a question. They were like, shut up. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Why you have so many questions? <laughs> and I, so I, I think I was always the one that was curious about some things and have opinions about something and passionate about something. Uh, so guess what? My major in, in I'm, my major in college was Korean. So, wow. but only thing I remember right now is when I go to a Korean restaurant, I was like, <laughs> when I have free appetizer, thank you. <laughs> I, I think so. And then the reason was because I was um, trying to get into the best school in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. So I applied for every single major as long as I can get into the best school. I think they say it's a lot about the cultural difference, you know, like in, back in Asia, it's a lot about the rankings. It's about that what's on your resume. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also actually eventually drive me to start Taylor because after years of working for Target and McDonald's and eBay and Sears and Kmart and Facebook and Instagram, then I realized that I was mostly chasing the name and proving myself. And it was a little bit less asking myself, like, what I really want to do. Uh, and I think that's a big difference in terms of my background and kind of how I transform me into, into more American culture. Wow. And that is an 
amazing insight about the cultural difference between how you prepared yourself to study, but also how throughout your travels and experience, you're always searching for like that sense of self, like, okay, how is this going to benefit me? And kind of transitioning away from the Taiwanese, this is going to look good on my resume. So you know what, this actually makes me feel good. And it feels like to me, as I'm wearing your Taylor shirt today, that working and starting at Taylor kind of makes you feel better, right? But you also have this wealth of experience before Taylor that kind of, in my opinion, amplifies what you're able to do now as a CEO and founder. So then could you share with us, like, what brought you to the United States initially, and then how you got involved in the tech industry and all the industries that you were a part of as well? Yeah, so when I first came to U.S., my English was so bad. Can you imagine someone who actually study in marketing and know nothing about English? So when I looking at the swimming pool, I pointed at that and yell, "Wow, great oceans!" <laughs> and when someone asked me, "Like, are you seeing someone?" and I turn wrong and say, "I didn't see anyone here. Did you see a ghost?" <laughs> You know, the English is hard. Like, are you seeing someone? No, I'm not seeing someone. <laughs> I may be kissing someone, but I'm not seeing someone. <laughs> and um, I, I graduated in 2008 during the big recession. Hmm. Uh, there was no job anywhere. Rejection after rejection, apply and submit 500 resumes, still zero interview. One day I was showing in my dorm and my the wa- water came out, my tears is like, I'm nobody. I'm with this economy, I can never get a job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who, who am I? How am I even possible to get any interviews? And the light bulb went on in my head. I was like, who am I? I was a reporter. Before I came into the U.S., I actually was a reporter for two years and worked for a marketing agency too. So I was like, wow, yes, I was a reporter. What does can reporter do? Oh, how, where do I find hiring manager? Oh, I can go to campus recruiting event including those that I never got invited. So I wait outside the building of the engineering school, politics school, social science school, waiting outside, waiting for the recruiter came out. Just like as a, report, a reporter, I will ambush them, say, hey, this is my <laughs> resume. And they're like, who are you? <laughs> and But I'm not trying to tell you like, this is a great idea for job hunting, especially during this economy. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that that gave me a hope, that hope allow me to move forward and continue instead of giving up. So with that thing, I was like, you know what? I need to practice English instead of just ambush hiring managers. So I was like, where can I practice English? We didn't have ChatGPT at the time. So like, where can I do this for free? And right, I can go to a senior care center near campus. So those elderly, they would love to talk to me and they cannot run away. (laughs) So so I was was there playing mahjongs and Carl, do you play mahjong? I do, a little bit. I just recently started learning. (laughs) Great, great, because now we know you are heavily involved in Taiwanese culture. So we play mahjongs and, uh, and puzzles. And of course, there's always free food in senior care centers. Uh, and then with my English, it got better. I start applying. So I went to, like, people say, you know what? Applying job is a dumb idea. You need to go networking. That's how people get job. So I was like, wait, I know nobody. Oh, that's not right. I was a student at Northwestern University. Okay. So I knew every 
professor in a school, kind of, right? So I knock on the door for different engineering schools, MBA schools, and science schools. I, hello, and I'm a school from other departments, and I'm looking for jobs. And one day, there's a professor say, you know what? I don't know, Ju. I cannot refer to any job, but I'm hosting a webinar tomorrow, so which you can come at me with uh, those amazing panelists. So I went and I listened to a speaker talk, which I totally didn't understand because my English was so bad. But in the end, I put on my business card, say, hey, hello, Peggy, nice presentation was amazing, which I totally didn't understand. And we're like, hey, I'm interested in your company. And she said, okay, you can come and you can do an introduction to the team. And I went there for interview. The job was perfect. It was a media company doing digital marketing for transformation. Weeks went by. Nobody get back to me. Nobody. So I follow up with HR manager. I call her. Hi, Lauren. I was a person who interviewed and she interrupted me. Please stop calling me anymore. I got let go. Even the oh, HR manager got let go. Let but then I asked her like, hey, since you have nothing to do, do you want to have a co coffee with me? So she said, yeah, sure. So then I met her over a coffee and she told me like, you know what? I know you've been in Chicago, but you know like bigger city like New York and California probably our bigger city, more job. I said, yes, that's a great idea. So there was that idea in mind. So I traveled to New York and LA one month each. And I stay on friends' couches, different friends every few days and moving around. And But still, like rejection after rejection. And my high heels are walking through in January with the snow in New York. Oh, oh, wow. I should say it's not really snow. It's more of like black slash on the ground because yeah. you know the New York winter yeah. um, one day um, my high heel was soaked I got another rejection I walk out and on the street and it was star I started crying and I saw a Chinese restaurant so I walk in there I order a pork over rice Kao, what's your favorite dish in Taiwan oh Shaolong Bao love it ah. That's amazing. <laughs> That's the best. That's the best. So then I ordered the pour over rice because it was like standard, like most basic food mm -hmm. in Taiwan. As soon as the, the dish was served, my tears dropped on the pork. Mm -hmm. I was a reporter, cover city hall. Mayor have to say good morning to me every morning. Why am I here? I was here and trying to dream big and do a bigger thing, but end up all I was just here, couldn't even find a job. So as I walk out of the restaurant, since it wasn't bad enough because it started raining. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to find a place. I zipping through the new stand to new stand and trying to avoid the rain. And I was waiting for the cloud to be clear while I glanced through the new stand's newspaper. Mm -hmm. Publisher name. If you want advertising, call this number. That's amazing. Like, I decide, this is a great idea. So I start cold calling each of the publishers, mm -hmm. just like when I was a reporter. Like I wait people outside or I call people. So I start calling each publisher. And guess what? I actually got met with CEO of New York Times, oh, wow. VP of CNN, VP of NBC, all of the big publisher. But everybody told me, Anya, you are so cool, but we are laying off people. It's 2008. Mm -hmm. So... I thought that, you know what? It's good to meet people, but it's too slow. I need to meet per people, like hundreds at one day, mm -hmm. conference. So I found some conference I want to go, but you know how expensive those conference tickets, few yeah. thousand dollars each. I got another idea. Like I was a reporter in Taiwan, so I called the 
Taiwan magazine and said, you know what, there's an amazing conference in New York. I can go report on the conference. Would you be interested in a style story? I was like, you're yeah, sure. So then I got the conference tickets. And uh, even with all of these, like, I met hundreds of people in New York and LA, but everyone said, you know, we are laying off people. If you know someone is hiring, let me know because I think I might get laid off. So I went back to Chicago. I think it's really time. But before I go, I feel like I learned so much during those trips. Talked to hundreds of people in New York and LA. And remember Peggy, who was the magazine, like agricultural magazine, who I met, like the person who did the speech. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, so much I learned, they can apply to them. So this time I decided not to apply for a job. I create a business plan based on what I learned from those different companies. Wow. And I call Peggy, like, hey, Peggy, I learned so much from your competitor. I put together a business plan. Can you give me 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. And she said, sure. And I met with her. She said, this is amazing. And would you like to be a contractor? Mm-hmm. I didn't understand what contractor mean. My English was so bad. I said yes right away. And I went home. I Google contractor. I didn't understand why she want me to be a plumber. <laughs> contractor like English is so hard contractor contractor <laughs> so yeah so I got my first job in the US that was my journey to the US wow now there's so many things well as I was listening the thing that stood out is relentlessness right being relentless in your pursuit of what you want um, that's the first thing it, like having that ambition and that drive as an entrepreneur um, as a woman as someone who's living in a foreign country is so important to really get you on that path towards success that you're leading toward and to follow and chase your dream the other part that really stood out to me also is utilizing your resources a lot of people just kind of want to sit in where they are and i've been a victim of this as well and say hey well i already have the information why aren't opportunities kind of falling into my lap and now i've kind of shifted my mindset where it's like okay well Maybe opportunities aren't falling because I need to go out and learn more and do more. Um, So I've definitely fallen into that before in my past. But now I'm like, hey, if things aren't working out, what more can I do? And you definitely highlighted the more that you could do to really make sure that you're doing all that you can to achieve the level of success that you want. And also put yourself in the right place to have access to the people who will provide you with the opportunities that you want as well. So that was just an amazing story with a lot of comedy, too. Thank you so much for that. Um, But I guess... all your, I know you worked at some amazingly amazing places that you've already called out. So, which one place out of the places you've worked with provided the the biggest contrast to what it would be like to work in Taiwan? And then, which place, if there is a place that you've worked at so far, is more similar to the type of work environment that you would have in Taiwan? So, if you can just focus on those two and kind of talk us through that as well. I think it's hard to say which one is most similar, which one is most different. But I can share a few things that I found very, very helpful. Uh, when I was working for eBay, I have a manager called Ariel. At the beginning, I didn't understand. He is a very handsome, um, uh, he's a very handsome guy from Argentina. Uh, I didn't understand why she has the same name as the Princess Ariel. Isn't the name of Princess <laughs> it's also Ariel? Yeah, <laughs> so... Yeah, so um, one thing I learned a lot from him was we were leading eBay for Africa and mm. Latin America and Asia. And I'm someone from Taiwan. So people always ask me, like, how do you do that? Like, you never been into Argentina yet or Mexico. Yes, I ended up went there 10 times, but not before I had the jobs. So I said, you know what? And vice versa, when people 
back in Taiwan always say, you know what? I don't believe that you can be a marketer in the U.S. because being a marketer, you need to really understand the culture. Only people understand culture be marketer, and vice versa. Only people on the people understand culture they can be marketer. I say no, the logic doesn't make sense、mm-hmm. because if you know the culture, you can be a marketer. Then I can grab anyone on the street; they、right. can be a marketer of PNG. <laughs> It's not right, right? So it's, it's not the other way around. So don't get me wrong. I'm still a marketer, and doesn't mean yes, I need to understand my customer, but doesn't mean that I have to be American to do that. So, like he will like pick up phone call, like when he see app store review, people say I really hate this app because blah 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 doesn't work. And then sometimes people leave information. He will like email them, and when he find information, he will pick up in phone call internationally just call. South Africa and like、mm. hello and I'm the general manager for eBay and I saw this da 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 can you tell me more? I I think that's really really important because when building product, for example, when I was at Target, we build a product for my colleague build iPad. I my colleague at Target build iPhone apps, and people always thinks like, hey, when you go to store, the problem is that sometimes you forget about one things. Right, you、mm. your mom asked you to go buy an egg. You went to a store and bought chocolates and games and different stuff, and went home. Your mom's like, "Where's the egg?" So, oh, I forgot <laughs> the egg. So, like, that's a great insight. Let's build a feature called in-store GPS. You before you go to a store,、mm. you list everything you want to buy when you go to a store, and then once you go into a store. It turns into in-store GPS. You can turn right, turn left, and then when you go on a certain aisle, you become AR, VR, metaverse. You can see their commercials. You will no, never forget about item.、Wow. They launch a feature, no one uses it. What? Why? Sounds amazing. Yes, we do have real pain points, and seems a great product that work. Why moms go to Target store?、Hmm. They are going there to get lost. <laughs> they hate their kids at home. They are trying to get to a store to get away. They don't want to store GPS. They don't want to turn right, turn left. They are here there to get lost. They want to be wandering around. That's their candy store, right?、Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important is to get back to what's the true needs, what people want, and then understand your customer. So I would say that my dad experience is. Uh, eBay really helped me, and it helped me also overcome the barrier. Feel like, oh, I'm an immigrant, so I cannot do this. Or, hey, stereotype, you are that kind of person, so you can only do that. You are a woman, you should do marketing. You are guy, you should do engineering. I think that really helped me a lot on that, and that that's kind of the same, but also different in Asia. In Asia. We do do that, but because in Taiwan, it's really known for engineering. So、mm-hmm. sometimes people feel like. As long as we have amazing science and technology, we can win. Yes, you probably need to you need to win by having amazing science and technology. But you are not winning because just because you have that, you are winning because you solve a problem for people. Now, I do. I want to before I get into the the meat, right the the Taylor part of the episode. I do have just a really quick question. Just popped in my mind.、Um, I know you came here from Taiwan, so of course you've you've been traveling、uh, throughout America. You've lived in different places, but like, how has travel just impacted your overall life?、Uh, is there any、uh, interesting stories you'd like to share? Or like, I know culturally Chicago is different from New York. Being from Chicago myself, and now being in Texas, where it's very different from Chicago. But yeah, does anything related to travel that really impacted you and maybe helped in some of your career discovery as well? 
Yes, for sure. So when I was in Facebook, I my role was、uh, leading Facebook connectivities product marketing.、Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Is that we brought internet to countries that did not have internet at the time.、Mm-hmm. So Nigeria, Kenya, Tanzania.、Um, you probably see some news about the drones or underwater things or satellites, and we use different technology to help. Reduce the digital literacy. I think that was a very missionary and very、uh, impactful job, very cool job.、Uh, but that also means there's a lot of adventures doing the job. So、yeah. one time we decide to go to Kenya and Nigeria to do the customer interview. So, but before we go there, and、uh, we had to stop by Israel, who meeting with our engineering teams there. So. I went to Israel, and some of our colleagues from India also go there. And then from there, we went to Kenya. When we arrive in Kenya, one of our colleagues from India, somehow his thumb just get bigger, bigger, and bigger every day. <laughs> well, then we sent him to Nairobi Hospital. The first doctor came, look at him, didn't say anything. He left. The second doctor came, look at him, she didn't say anything. Left. The third doctor came. Three of them look at him together and say together, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> so it turned out that he got some infections during the trips. So、mm. then he has to do the surgery surgeries there. After the surgery, okay, we went on to Nigeria. When we before we I get on the flight, somehow they say I didn't have the visa. Because my travel agency, they are not as good as Cal. They actually send me something, <laughs> which is not the visa. They send me a whole bunch of document of the proof that I apply for it, but wasn't the visa.、Yeah. So then I was calling my agency back, and they were it's midnight in Canada at the time, which is where they located. I call them like, "Oh, where's my visa?" And then everybody got on the flights. Like,、uh, group number one, blah blah blah. Group number two, blah blah blah,、mm-hmm. and. In the end, was the only I was the only person in boarding. So finally, last minute before they cut off, I was able to get on the flight. I was so worried because I will be the only person in Kenya and left myself there. I didn't know what to do anymore. So I went on the flight. As soon as I get on the flight, it was a business class, right? Everybody clap. Oh my god! Yeah, you made it because they are all my colleagues because we were on business trip. So they were all my colleagues. Oh yeah, yeah! I was like, yes. <laughs> But because they the airline doesn't know if I will get on the flight, so they remove my seat,、um. right? Because I was on the business class. So, but, but someone took my seat. So then I have to open the curtains, go to the the other side in the end of airplane airplane.、Um. When I open the curtain, everybody look at me, stare at me, so angry. <laughs> so you know why? <laughs> Because the flight got delayed because of me, <laughs> so I have like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Walking all the way to the end. Okay, the flight landed. We got into Nigeria, and turned out that none of us have a proper visa to get in because、mm. my visa, although I finally got a visa, but wasn't printed out, and they required me to print it out. And my two another two colleagues, they didn't pay. Somehow they applied but didn't pay. And then、mm. one of the colleagues actually got a visa from a fake website. It was、wow. a fake visa from a fake web, fake visa from a fake website. So we were there, and those people who didn't pay decided to get on pay. And surprising or su- not surprisingly, we were the team who bring internet to country don't have internet. But when we land, we didn't have internet. <laughs> <laughs> so our so our bodyguard were waiting outside. 
and then trying to share hotspot with us. So then each of them can, of course, the the government website wasn't mobile friendly. We opened the laptop using the hotspot. They tried to pay. Finally, after hours, they fill out the, the really, really long form. The first guy went there trying to pay. And the government officer said, you know what? We don't take credit card. Wow. We didn't have cash when we land. So mm. she was running around. Everybody, can I change cash with you? Can I change cash with you? And the second person went. The second person is really handsome. He looks just like young Tom Cruise. <laughs> as soon as he went there, and the officer, who is a young lady, oh, hi, James. You are from America. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, yes. We take credit card. Somehow you pull out the credit card machine. <laughs> the door. Life is not fair. <laughs> but the worst part was the the, the another person who got a fake credit, fake who got a fake visa. Of course, he wasn't able to get into the country. So we just left him there. Like bye. <laughs> <laughs> so we, like, unfortunately, we left him there and hoping that he will get the visa before overnight before that, and he didn't. So then um, the night that he were he got deported the next 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 day morning. So he got deported back to Kenya. But remember, when he was in Kenya, he got only one time visa. So he wasn't able to get in again. So he was there in the airport and the Kenya government said, if you cannot get Nigeria visa in the next 24 hours, I'm going to deport you back to Israel. And he's a Pakistani. So he was there so worried in the airport and then tons of people will go like, you know what? I can find that if you give me $200, I can give you a visa. Mm-hmm. Another person came and said, you know what? I need to borrow your passport because for whatever reason, oh, no worry, I will give you back if you give me $200. But anyway, end of day, he was able to get back and join us to Nigeria. And what we found when we did the interview in Nigeria for consumers, what we found was we keep thinking that we want to bring people online who are not on internet yet. But most of our customers are actually savvy young guys who are using slow internet and internet cafe. Mm-hmm. So what we decided to do was changing the strategy to help those young people to be able to get on faster internet so they can apply jobs, they can do creative things, they can record podcasts. So the, the emerging learn image, um, so the amazing learning was that a lot of time you thought your customer were this persona, they should look like this. But even big companies like Facebook, they actually don't know who are their users. So don't be lazy. Always to go double check and interview your real customer. And you might surprise they are not who you think. Wow. And you know what? One thing, everything you said was amazing. That was an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing. But I know a lot of people listening who may be uh, much younger than me uh, don't know what an internet cafe is. And I want you guys to understand the struggles Back in the day, when I first started traveling, having to go to internet cafes to look at flight tickets or anything that happened and you didn't have internet on your phone or in your hotel, wow, they gave me flashbacks of all the terrible times we traveled before the internet. But yeah, like that's that's an amazing mission, right? To be able to provide that, you know, that 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 access. Again, it's all about access to information and how access to information can empower people to pursue things that before may have may have been unattainable. And that was just a great example of that. But also that travel story is wild. I have very similar ones, but I definitely want to get some more questions about you. But that was a wild story. But I'm glad it had a great ending for your colleague and also for you and the, for the people that you guys were able to impact as well. And so doing now. the same trees, we when the same trees, we mm-hmm. actually decide. You know what's known in Kenya and Nigeria was their custom favorite, like favorite. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So people love the dress there. So my colleague actually went to the ATM in the five star hotel and then get the money and apply for, uh, pay for a custom dress. Mm. But then the ATM somehow at her uh, debit card, and then a month after, uh, every money in the bank was gone. She was Whoa. able to get the money back. Took her a year to fighting with the bank, but then also the custom dress end up she wasn't able to fit in. So he, she went mm. back to America, and the cut dress open and become a tablecloth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've gotten custom. I got a custom suit from almost from Thailand. That was really really good. Um, but I didn't end up getting it either. But now you don't I want to pass them to anymore. Now you have Taylor. Yeah, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Taylor, oh, great transition. Thank you. I want to talk about it. Right, it's your, it's it's your company now. Right, it's it's your baby. It's your it's something that you've been working relentlessly at now. It's your it's your current focus. So you know what inspired you to start Taylor, which I'm actually wearing again. I want to say that one more time. I've been using it for uh, what three months now, and I wrote a, a LinkedIn post about it. Again, honestly, at the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm not going to need this. This is, this is Kelly trying, my wife trying to get me to try stuff. I don't. And now I love it. I could not picture my life without it. And I've taken some very good photos and done job like interviews just and it just really has changed the course of my life. But you guys can check out my review on, on LinkedIn. It's not even a review, just an honest statement about the impact this already had on me. So if you don't mind sharing, what inspired you to start Taylor? And is there a story behind the creation? And how's everything going for you as well? Great. You know, when I was working for eBay, I was head of product and I actually came from a marketing background, but I had lead large technical teams mm-hmm. and as an immigrant, a woman. So every morning I was like, they will find out I'm fake, <laughs> but I cannot make them find out. So I need to dress yeah. up like I'm the boss. So I was like, hey, I, maybe I will tr- get dressed up. I try Stitch Fix, which is great that someone style you. But they ship you stuff, you have to buy something from every single shipment. And I didn't want to own that much stuff. I live in San Francisco with a tiny house, and and I'm definitely not someone really good in tidying up. So I tried Rent the Runway, which is rental subscription service. It's great that you don't have to own that many things, but you have to spend thousands, you have to spend hours browsing through thousands of items. And I didn't want to spend that much time. There was a moment I realized most of those fashion companies, they are designing fashion for people who are into fashion. Mm. They are not designing for someone like me. I just want to get ready for a day and be successful. So then we interviewed over 500 people. We realized that a lot of people actually have the same needs, but they are all busy men with goals. They are people facing professional, they are people who go out for days, and they are single guys, they are engineers, they were just busy podcasters like news. So that's how we start. So Taylor, we it's a little bit more like Netflix for outfits. So with a flat monthly fee, um, your stylist, and also we have the AI technology to support them, uh, pick perfect outfit to make you stand out. Your right, your clothes are right clean and ready to wear. You cup wear for a couple weeks. There's no commitment to buy, and but if you love something, you can with up to seventy percent off discount to keep it. And then when you are ready, return the dirty clothes and get next shipments. So no more shopping or no more laundry. But the true things behind is that we, I really want to help people to achieve their goal. Just like I feel a lot more ready for my day and confidence and feel comfortable when I feel like at least I dress up like who I want to be. Mm. You know, is that it? Sorry, because I know. I, okay. Yes, yes, that, yes. 
that is an amazing way of looking at it. And again, for, even for me myself, like I'm like I, I I still work remote, but one of the things I've always struggled with, right, is like I'm not a fashion person. Like I like to dress nice, and when I do go shopping, like I put a little bit of thought into it. But it's pretty much uh, the first thing I see or whatever I think looks cool. I'm gonna go for that. So what that does is it limits my ability to be creative and to really experiment because when I do have that small amount of time to actually go and find and choose something to wear, and I'm going shopping or I'm scrolling through online websites to go shopping. Um, I'm, I'm quick. I'll make a quick decision based on what I like. And I don't really want to venture outside of that. Right. And that's just how I looked at it. And also for me, there's a, gen, there's a gap because I'm not, I didn't grow up an online shopper. I grew up going with my parents to the mall to go and find clothes. But nowadays, if I don't know people go to the mall still, there's not that much. You can find more online than you can in the mall. So Taylor for me was like the perfect marrying of two things that I needed, right? I needed something that was fast and convenient and gave me options, but also needed something that kind of helped me understand, you know, the way the world is changing and leading into more online shopping. But having a personal stylist, which Taylor provides, helped me a great deal because then it was like, oh, it took away that thinking portion. Like, I think I like this. My style was like, no, I know you'll like this. So try it. And I think that's the great thing so far I've experienced about Taylor is that aspect of it, in addition to everything that I explained as well. So like for you, what would be what are the characteristics of the ideal Taylor client who would who you would want to absolutely share the experience with who you feel would get the most out of the experience as well? Yeah. Most of our customers are people who are busy. They really do want to look good for just for their everyday life, for their day, for their job, for dating night with their wife, for their first date, for with meeting with a client, close the deal. We have also people, you know, we have a customer who is a U.S. ambassador. He actually lives in Southeast Asia. We only offer business in the U.S., but then we actually ship to his the U.S. government and Air Force actually send his clothes all the way to Southeast Asia for him. We also have Hollywood star who are our celebrity customers. They pay for these just to get on uh, Canon can shows and Disney premieres. But also professor, real estate agents, lawyer. But all they have in common is that they want to look good, but they don't want to do go through the hassle of shoppings. They mm have a little bit of point of view on what they like, but they are definitely also not fashion experts. They appreciate the stylists help them to put the complete outfit, tell them what's trendy, what's there, what looks great for them. And also, uh, customers also re embrace the sustainability element because that instead of owning, like, I really like my custom stuff, everything I want to buy brand new and customs there, and I will take them feel like they I am like collecting stuff. There are more people feel like, you know what, it's a modern way of doing things. As long as I can achieve my goals, I'm really impressed of circular fashions, these things, and I'm supporting these and share using the tools so then also sharing feedback. So then the closing company can produce better stuff that people do truly want it. So I know like when, when you spoke about your experience with Facebook, right, you guys are going out uh, to make an impact. People who didn't have something, you were providing them with an asset that could really better their lives. And I know I've heard certain elements when you speak of Taylor of, you know, how how you guys are making an impact, but like beyond the industry, it's like, and beyond just the customers or including the customers, but even, even beyond that, like what impact do you think you can make? Or are you working to make, or has Taylor already made within the fashion industry um, that you can speak to? You know, I used to be head of product at Target. So mm -hmm. I know people, it's really 
difficult for them to acquire new customer because guy buy the same thing again and again, right? And then it's also very difficult for them to predict what's going to sell. They just don't know. So as a result, thirty percent of clothes go directly from factory to landfill.、Mm. How wasteful is that? And that's why fashion companies start fast fashion because they need to better predict what's going to sell. Or that's why fashion company burn the unsold inventories. They don't want to reduce their brand quality by selling those unsold inventory cheap. But then they cannot hold those inventory with unlimited size of warehouse.、Mm. So that's where Taylor comes in. We for them we are like launching pads, even before they. Product, mass production of product, they can send the clothes to our warehouse. We test with the customer right away. In two weeks, they know the feedback from real customer instead of months, whatever, and they don't need fast fashion. And then in additions, we introduce a brand to customer. You may not want to buy something, a new brand right away, but you probably don't mind renting out and try it. You have ten items per month anyway, right? So try it, just like Netflix. If you don't like it, watch your next show. So watch <laughs> two minutes. Who cares, right? You don't. It's not like ask you to buy a DVD. You have to watch every single year. So customer willing to try and learn new brands. So those fashion brands are able to get new customers that way. And most importantly. Whatever they produce, it goes through the whole full and meaningful life cycle of every single garment. We tell them feedback from the customer with real feedback that customer actually wear. Like if you go to Target store, nobody will go back to Target store and say, "You know what? I wear five times, and in the fifth time, it gets smaller." <laughs> right? Nobody. So they will never know. They cannot、mm. improve. So people are like, okay, five times is smaller. I throw it away. Still new, but I throw it away. But Even fashion brand want to know that, but they don't know that. They just don't have the way. And now we actually help them to go through this whole thing through circular fashion, and then also maximize the impact of each garment they already produce, while also help them to make money. And that's a that's a thing that we really think that we we can help the fashion company do as well as help. Customers too, right? Customers all want to be support sustainability, but I'm also not able to go through thousands of items on the thrift store just to buy the perfect pre-worn item in order to support sustainability. So a simple way for people to save time, save save shopping hassle, while also can make an impact for the environment. You know, and I learned this from from my wife making me watch the Kardashians, guys. Just so you know, but I didn't realize like how much, like you said, how much is wasted in the fashion industry with clothing. Like certain things only get to a certain part, you know. And it just to me, it was fascinating. I was like, oh, so the fact that Taylor is taking a part and changing that, it's just it's just absolutely amazing. And again, a great、um, a great element that you guys add. And another thing,、um, as you were speaking, it really made me think about two things. The first is.、Um, Like like you said, clutter. I men like me as a man. I buy the same thing. I could buy the same thing over and over again and wear it and be absolutely okay. Because if it looks good on me, it's gonna look good on me every time, right? So I am absolutely okay with that.、Um, and the the second thing is like clutter. Like I'm okay with buying or wearing the same thing because I don't want to just have all this stuff. So again, Taylor kind of really bridges that gap where it's like okay. I don't have to buy the same thing over and over again. It's teaching me to embrace change and new things, which honestly we should be doing anyway in our lives. And then the other side of that is I don't have to worry about clutter. If I want to buy it, I can buy it, but because I really, really, really like it. But the good thing about Taylor, every package I've really, really, really liked something, but the next package again, I really, really, really like it again. So it's like,、oh, okay, I it 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 helped me let go of a jacket or a shirt because I knew I would get another jacket. 
or shirt that I like. So I guess the more I use it, the more I feel like, man, this, this is amazing. This is what I want to do. So yeah, that is, that is fantastic. So a question I have, a, 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 a final few last questions, overcoming hurdles, right? So can you share some of the hurdles you faced in regards to like strategies and things that you've employed, you've employed and put to work to kind of overcome some of the things that you face just in the industry itself, maybe with customers or just in building your own company? Yes, when we just started, we were literally nobody. So at that time, we didn't even have a name of tailored, not company name. So I went to TechCrunch conference. So instead of selling stuff in the conference, which is most people do, we interview a lot of the potential customers there. And uh, during the process, we were able to meet with one reporter uh, who is uh, called WWD, which is the industry uh, magazine for, for people who are in the fashion industry to read. So I was like, amazing. We found the contact. So I follow up, follow up. You know what? We're launching this amazing company. <laughs> and one day they emailed me, say, please do not stop emailing us anymore. We're not interested. But months after, the same person emailed me back, said, hey, by the way, I'm not interested, but my colleague is writing an article about menswear rental subscriptions. So we went on the interview. It was amazing. And then we wait for the published story. It never came out. Mm. So a few months after, we went to a startup competitions. So we won the West Coast championships for in the competitions. And after the competitions, Still, no one report, even though it's like championship, but it's just championship of a competition. No University of Chicago alumni competition is not that cool. So nobody responds. So I was like, you know what? But I'm from Taiwan. So I contact a newspaper in Taiwan. And then they were like, oh, that's pretty cool. Taiwanese in the US get a start of the competition. Okay, they report on a local newspaper in Taiwan. And then I use the local newspaper's published article and reach out to a local newspaper in California to do to publish Chinese news in the US. And they said, oh, okay, that's interesting. We'll also pick up a story. And then from there, I got the story. I reach out to an English publication in the U.S. target Chinese in the U.S. They were like, oh, that's interesting. Yes, yeah, we're the published story. And then when we went on the global competition, when we won the Silicon Valley competition, when we went on a global competition, which was in Chicago, I took this English news to them. And I also told them, you know what? I'm Northwestern University faculty. I teach marketing there still now. and But I'm also University of Chicago alumni. So now... Northwestern faculty are competing at University of Chicago <laughs> competition. <laughs> and I might won the number one. And here is also the English news that we got in the US and ABC News pick up. Hmm. ABC News report on that. And then I use ABC News circle back to the WWD, the, the fashion industry news, which interviewed us six months ago, but never came out. And they say, okay, that's interesting. They report it. As soon as the news come out, we got first brand partner in Canada. There's a brand in Canada sold in trade magazine, and they contact us and say, hey, I want to be on the platform, offer my clothes, and enter the circular fashion with you. The story is that, you know, most of people, like when you were kids, you were in the river, you pick up the stone, you throw it out. Most of people want to be that stone, throw it right away, go across the river. But the reality in real life is most of the time we are like the stone inside the river, down there, rolling one side at a time. 
But you know what? Don't worry because rolling one side at a time, even days, months, you will get there. And that's the reality of most of the way to how you overcome those challenges. And that was my learning and challenges when we start a company. Oh man, that's such a great analogy. I'm totally man. If I was, I used to be a teacher, and I also went to the University of Chicago. But if I was teaching, I would use that one all the time because that was great. Thank you so much. But yeah, that was a beautiful story as well. But man, I love a good analogy. Um, so one of my last two questions. Well, this is actually a two part question, right? So I'm talking about career influences and inspirations. So of all the experiences you've had, you've had a wealth of experiences up until this point in your career. Um, which is kind of, or which has mostly influenced your career the most, um, and has helped in running Taylor. And then in addition to that, who has been your biggest inspiration, you know, personally or, or professionally in your career journey that you've had so far and also landing you here in America? I I think so. For I was really uh, I when I started my career was um, there's a manager called Zohair and mm-hmm. he's really cool. He actually uh, went to MIT and helped people uh, actually the be people who cannot walk walk. And uh, I think so was um, very inspiring was that he always helped teach us that you know if you are it's if it's not okay. It means that it's just a it's it just a practice. You if you are failure, fa- if you are failing, you are actually just practicing the success. Mm-hmm. So I think many times we think that we are we want to get like one step there just right away, but many times you are just practicing uh, and get to the success. I think that really helps me a lot, and um, that's actually what. Uh, how we do like if you think of nowadays that people care about ai right he was actually the head of ai at the time so people think ai is so cool but the truth is when you first time building model they are all wrong (laughs) and what's powerful is the training of the model Mm -hmm. and what's training of a model means that once you have a model you readjust each time Right, that's why my whole Netflix show now is all Korean drama because <laughs> <laughs> after I watch those shows, it keep getting better and better. Now it's all Korean romantic dramas, and so, uh, but that's just like like life, and that's just like word. Like he's like, you know what, personalizations, or you think we are building this amazing science. Most of the time, we're just keep adjusting, adjusting one step at a time, and eventually you get there. I think that really impacts me a lot, and still that's how we are doing at Taylor now. Like, you know, each each time we get customer feedback, customers say, this is a little bit too small, it's too big, so I really like this, but I don't like hooties. All the information fit into our profile and a stylist look at them, but also fit into the AI, and that's how we were able to get better and better each time, and I think that's also how our customer will each time they get pushed out. So like, okay, try this. You never try yeah. this yet. So how about pink and other stuff? But a little bit at a time and you will be surprised. Most of the customers are like, you know, never send me green. And then we say, <laughs> sure. And then they bought it and say, can I have another three, the same one? They were like, you told us you never wear green. They said, oh, but I didn't know there's olive greens. Yes. <laughs> there's different, like Tiffany greens. <laughs> I realized I do like this kind of thing. So I, it's also just a fun journey to discover yourself, but also it's a, a way for everyone to get better. Absolutely. And so like, What's what's next for Taylor? What's on the horizon? How are you looking to build or expand or just any new ideas or anything that we should know and definitely feel um, and hear from you directly regarding Taylor now? 
Yeah, our number one feedback from customer is that, "Hey, can you help me head to toe?" What、mm. we have discovered because our stylists chat with our customer every other weeks. Half of the customer book one-on-one Zoom call with our stylists, and they get on the、uh, they they provide feedback and reviews, and a lot of and we also put every single. Items out with styling notes, so the stylist will say, "Okay, pair this with these pants or black jeans or a white sneaker." But the problem is that we don't always sell everything, right? So people are like, "Okay, white sneaker. What kind of why why of why little why why or which kind of why and which sneaker?" <laughs> <laughs> or like, "Hey, pair this with a casual hat. Like what hats? Like tell me. Like or uh." Belt like which what kind of belt silver or gold or wood or what?、Uh, so we might launch some of those things accessories where of course some of them may not be renting like shoes may not be renting but、uh, a lot of customer want a complete outfit and that's what we are、uh, planning to offer. Oh, that's amazing! Well, thank you so very much. Again, I again, guys, I want you to understand. I this is not an ad. Well, I wasn't an ad when I posted on LinkedIn. I was very serious, but Anya was very gracious and generous to lend me some of her time to just talk about her overall journey and just working in tech,、um, coming from Taiwan again, a place I call home, to America, and really living, thriving. But again, you heard throughout the entire interview just how relentless she was in her pursuit of success, of career path, and of all the opportunities that she has been a part of in. Her journey throughout, so it's been a really amazing conversation. We only have a few more questions left, but I definitely wanted to just shed light on that.、Uh, Taylor is an amazing company with a lot of amazing things.、So、if you're a guy out there and you're looking to style yourself and you're having trouble with that, this is definitely the place you want to come. Again, I work with an amazing stylist, Joe,、um, but also、uh, just been speaking with people who work at the company and Anya. It's just it's an amazing thing to be a part of. So definitely sign up if you're looking to you know just embrace change and please embrace change because when I did. Uh, one, my wife was happy because she was like, "Oh yeah, finally different clothes." But two, like I said, I really feel better. Like when you, even though I work remotely, like sometimes I just get up and I just dress as if I'm going out, and it really gets me out of the house. I'm like, you know what? I look too good to stay at home, so why not go outside? Let me take my wife on a date. It really does impact your daily life how you look because it impacts how you feel, and it, in the end, it impacts what you do. So even with that. I encourage you to just sign up to just try it.、Um, and again, I have a discount code.、Uh, it's twenty five percent off a two month subscription, and the code is Black Expat. Just go to www dot taylor t a e l o r dot style,、um, and then you can put in that code and you can try it out for two months yourself. And I'm talking to you guys or ladies. If your husband or your boyfriend don't be dressing nice, something like that, sign him up. Trust me, he won't be mad at you. And I mean, he may be, but then after that, he'll be happy. Same way, same way, just like me, just like me. So, Anya, my last one of my last questions is:、um, If you were to host your own podcast or show, like, what topics would you want to talk about, and like, what's the driving force behind your choices? Because again, you have a lot, a lot of great stories. Like, they're funny, you're engaging, it's just like amazing. So, like, what what would you talk about on your own podcast show? I want to do a travel show. No, I did not. <laughs> I want to invite Kyle to the travel. Talk about the travel. <laughs> I, I think I will. Yes, I will. Seriously, I will invite you. But、uh, the topic will be about chasing dream. You know, like the、mm. whole reason I start a company is because I want to help people to dream big. And I think they shouldn't need to chasing clothes in order to chasing their dreams. Right. They should be able chasing dream and dream, but everyone need a wingman behind, right? Where you when you watch the the shows, there's always like Batman or other guys or Superman. There's always、uh, the gadget guy behind them. 
right? It's always a women. Like I throughout my career being an immigrant in the U.S., sometimes I I feel lonely, feel like hey, I'm fighting for my American dream, but I wish this. Someone help me, or best friend help me. I don't need them help a lot, just like tiny thing. But I always like before, just like before you go out to a store in the go out to your the go out to your house in the morning. You want to turn around, and say, "Hey, am I looks right like this?" Right when you go on big events where you are dates, you want to ask your best friend, right? Is this better? What is better? Right? I think that's the whole the reason why Taylor started. I think people can feel more ready for their day, so then they can dream big. So if I have a podcast, I would definitely invite everyone come to talk about their dreams and how can he or she thinks other people can help him. And the dream could be getting an amazing job. So the dream could be the other day I actually have a customer say, you know what? One thing I care most is Black Lives Matters, and I want to promote this. This is my dream. And then while some other customer, he owns a furniture store. He said, I want to match clothes to my furniture that I actually design. He designs some furnitures too. And we have a customer who is a talent agent in Broadway show. He said, I want to promote my show and my talent who are going on these amazing performers. And we have customer who are real estate agent. We have customer who are student transforming himself, trying to be a data scientist, getting first jobs out of college, and we have people who just got divorced. He said, "You know what? I just want to look good and feel ready, new star." We have customer who are actually dying, and he said, "You know what? I want to try different thing in the end of last few years I have in life." And we have customer who just got married. Like, you know what? I want to feel I'm. Perfectly happy and lovely and wonderful and match my wife during this wedding day without spend the fortunes. So we are really happy to be every day in people's dreams, and I want to do a podcast to showcase their story. Well, that and that would be a podcast I would listen to and be an and be an honor to be on as well. That's just amazing. And again, for me, like podcasting is my dream. And like I tell people, is like I don't I do this one because. Well, I do it because I love it, and I love sharing stories like this where people can be inspired to not only travel, but to see how travel impacts the the opportunities that you have in life, but also how to do that and and tools and just equipping people with the tools they need to really be successful. And that is what podcast allows me to do. It allows me to learn other people's stories, learn from them, and also share this knowledge. Right? Because this there's. I mean, there is use in having all this knowledge to yourself, but it's so powerful when you share it with others, and then you can build upon it step by step and brick by brick to really develop and see where it goes and what it blossoms into. So that would be an amazing podcast. I would definitely love to be a part of it, um, and hopefully, you know, once Taylor takes off and you can finally, you know, retire, say next five or ten years. <laughs> Then you can. So have I will. Podcast. I will call you. Like, come. Where should I go? My travels. <laughs> where should I go? Tell me the amazing travel plans. <laughs> Absolutely, and I have a lot of great ideas. So my my last question would be: Do you have any questions for me? Uh, any or anything else you'd like to share about Taylor? Or just anything else you'd like to end us with? Or any questions you have for me? Yeah, Kyle, you travel around the world and you definitely travel to Asia and Taiwan. And I'm curious about what the difference you see. Between the Taiwan and Chicago, where the U.S. in Asia, tell us more. Oh, for sure. I think for me,、um, the biggest thing, like I tell Kelly all the time, is just the convenience. Taiwan is very convenient.、Um, it was easy to get to things like nightlife, shopping, food, all of that.、Uh, just here in Texas, like everything's a twenty, at least a twenty-minute drive. Like, I mean, groceries ten minutes away, but it's just it's such. It takes. It's so draining sometimes to have to travel some places that it's easy to be lazy.、Um, but in Taiwan, it's just it. it 
it, it pushes me outside, right? It's like, oh, everything's so convenient. So go outside and walk around. Whereas in America, it's get in a car and drive around. Two very different things. Like I feel healthier in Taiwan. There's free bikes everywhere you can ride. Um, that's the biggest thing that I always I tell people that I really appreciated about Taiwan, which is why I stayed for so long. I felt healthier. The food is healthier to consume and to eat. I feel lighter. I mean, you want uh, the bubble tea? Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I don't drink milk, so it's like I don't drink the bubble milk tea, but it is good, and my friends love it. Um, but yeah, just my diet. There, fruit. I ate more fruits and vegetables because Taiwan has amazing fruits and vegetables to I eat. I know. When I came to the US, like, okay. why there's only apple and strawberry, That's and this few things like in Taiwan, like you have hundreds of choices of different fruits. So and, cool. And fried food, like Taiwan is has does have good fried food, so I did cheat sometimes. <laughs> but when I was in Taiwan, I literally cut fast food, fried food, and fast food out of my diet, and I just never felt better. So, but also the last thing, the most important thing, healthcare is much cheaper in Taiwan than in America, so that's important. Um, so, yes, five dollar doctor appointment and walking, yeah. no appointment needed. <laughs> I had three wisdom teeth pulled out, and it was twelve well, like twenty seven dollars. In America, would have been like fifteen hundred. So it's like even with insurance, so it's just. Those three elements, the convenience, the healthcare, and just the quality of life um, is why I always prefer Taiwan. But America's great. I'm not saying that America's bad. It's just it's just not my cup of tea. Most time. <laughs> Most time. Great. We look forward to, um, I'm sure you travel there a lot, but uh, I'm sure there's plenty of other food you haven't tried yet. So hopefully you'll try next time and share your feedback to us. <laughs> sure, I'm excited. Well, thank you so much, Anya. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me tonight. I know as a CEO of a company, again, I've owned my own travel company before. I don't know how I found time to do anything. So thank you so very much for blessing, for gracing us with your time to have this interview today. Like I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much. I hope you guys all dream big and look good. I'm Anya Chen, the founder of Taylor.Style. Thank you, Anya. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to yet another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. Don't forget, I have a 25% off code for Taylor two-month subscription. The code is Black Expat. The B is big, and so is the E. And it's www.taylor.style, where you can go and sign up. And be like me. Be cool. Have really cool clothes. I don't know. Have a good time. Do something crazy. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. See you another episode. My name is Carl, the Black Expat. We're out of here. <laughs>